Resurrection Day, everybody. Come on, let's give it up for our risen Savior, Jesus, huh? Man, uh, we are, are so glad that you're with us. Would you please help me welcome all of our locations right now? I'm sure many that are watching online. Come on, we're so glad that you're with us, man. We're, 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 we're celebrating Jesus today, and uh, it's a great day. He's risen, he's alive, and, uh, and we are Celebration Church. And we are here to celebrate him. We're not here to celebrate ourselves or focus on what's wrong with the world. We're here to focus on what's right about God and his goodness and celebrate Jesus. So we have a lot to be thankful for today. Let me, uh, before we get into the message, just a couple of things I wanna bring your attention to that, that you kinda don't see here on a Sunday morning, and that is, on Sunday night at seven o'clock, not on this Easter weekend, but every Sunday night at seven o'clock, we have a service called Sub 30. And yeah, I have some Sub 30ers in the house. So listen, listen. Obviously the name of the service speaks to itself. Okay, if you are Sub 30, okay, that college and career age demographic, we have an amazing service at seven o'clock. They're kicking off a new series next Sunday. Look, Beyonce will be here. It's called Drunk in Love. But we, we're gonna bring a little bit different context than Beyonce brings, all right? So look, if you're sub 30, man, we're, they're, they're, you, you gotta come out and experience the worship. We're making some shifts in the, you, you, gotta, you just gotta be here if you're sub 30. That's seven o'clock, kicking off that series next Sunday night. And then also, if you are the parent of a teenager, every Wednesday night we have what we call the riot. And on the last uh, Wednesday night of the month, we have what we call Riot Night, where thousands of teenagers gather and, uh, and really go all out for God. So I would just encourage you, if you have a teenager, we'd love to see them here at Celebration. Amen? Awesome. Here's what, look, here's what I like to do. Every, look, every resurrec Resurrection Weekend, can we just read the scripture here, read the story? He is risen. Matthew 28, it says, look, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. There, I was about to say, an angel from the Lord. Sounds like a baby, it's crying out right now. And a baby cried, no it's not there, but possibly. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Come on, that tomb is empty we serve we serve a risen savior and our faith all of our faith and everything that believe and while you're here today all hinges on this moment in history when jesus rose from the dead it's not about you know if you like church or you kind of like jesus teachings and that kind of deal listen listen if jesus didn't rise from the dead, 
then he was a crazy person. People who claim to be God are, 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 are called crazy, okay? He was either a, a Lord, liar, or lunatic, and I'm here to tell you the good news, that he is Lord of heaven and earth. And he's alive, and he's risen, and we have hope today. Look, I wanna get right into the message. Once again, we're so glad that you're here worshiping with us on this Easter weekend. I wanna get right into the message today. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you to go to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I'm gonna get there in just a moment. I wanna read another scripture to you. Do we have Jeremiah 29 here? Because this is what today is about. Look at this. God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Did you know God's thinking about you all the time? I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future, everybody say future, and a hope, everybody say hope. To give you a future and a hope. Now let's take a look at Genesis chapter 15, verse one. This is the story of, of Abraham. Now he's still called Abram here. God has not renamed him yet. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Come on, just like the angel said, do not be afraid. Abram, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless in the air of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. That was his servant, kind of like his personal assistant. He didn't have an, an heir from his own body. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. In other words, it's, it's, servants were born in his house, but he doesn't have a, a, a natural biological child. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying this, God says this, look, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Look, then he, God, brought him outside. God took him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. And he, God, counted it to him, Abram, for righteousness. I want to talk to you today about hope. And I've entitled this message, Take It Outside. Take it outside. Come on, touch a few people around you. Say, we're going to take it outside. We're going to take it outside. We're going to take it outside. <laughs> This isn't one of those touch your neighbor churches, is it? You're gonna make me do that. You still doing that man conference thing, the touch your neighbor? Yeah, I am. Well, when are you gonna stop it? When I get tired of it, all right? So touch somebody. Tell them, take it outside. Come on, take it outside. Take it outside. Take it outside. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. God, we thank you that we always have hope in Jesus. And we just give you all the praise for what you're gonna do on this great day when we celebrate that you are indeed risen. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen and amen. You know, the saddest thing that can ever happen to a human being is that they lose hope, that they lose hope. And we live in a world today where so many people are losing hope. Even uh, sadder, so many young people are losing hope. You know, when, when someone takes their life 
what the, they, they've lost hope. They, they've lost, uh, they, they don't see how their future could be any better. You know, I've been all over the world. God, God's blessed me traveling, preaching all over the world. One of the saddest things is, look, look bad things happen everywhere. But one of the saddest things is when you go to one of the, these places and you can see in people's eyes that they've lost hope. Human beings, we can't live without hope. And that, that's, a, that's a God-given thing, their hope. And, and here's the good news I wanna share with you today. No matter, no matter how bad things are, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, you know, but I guarantee you there's a lot of people in here today at all of our locations and like, Life is bad right now. Things are bad. Situations are bad. Maybe your marriage is bad. There's some in your family that's bad. Things are, they're, 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 they're bad in your, 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 your business. Th things are bad. But regardless of how bad things are in your circumstances, oh, you can always have hope. You can always have hope. In other words, no matter where you are, God always wants to take you to a better place. And even though you might have bad news in your life right now, just because you have bad news doesn't, doesn't mean you can't believe a good report. And God wants to give you a good report. And this is what is kind of going on in the life of Abram right now. Let's put, let's put uh, Genesis 15, 1, back up there. Look, look what it says there. Now it says, after these things. Everybody say, after these things. Okay, so, so after these things, God is gonna come and have an encounter with Abram in his tent. But it was after these things. Let me, let me tell you about some of these things that have been going on. First of all, if you read back in Genesis chapter 12, God called Abram out of his homeland. He said, Abram, here's what I want you to do. Look, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you a bunch of descendants. I'm gonna really bless you, Abram. But here, here's what I want you to do. I need you to leave your hometown, leave your native country, Leave all your family, leave all your relatives, leave all your, your land, uh, you know, leave your job, leave all that, and I want you to just, just head on out. I want you to move, and I'm not really gonna tell you where you're going, I'm just gonna eventually show you the land where you're going. How many of you know people must have thought Abram was crazy? You know, can you imagine if, if, if like you're, you know, you're at a, at a rest stop or something like that, and all of a sudden one of your friends pulls up and they got a big U-Haul, they got all their family, all their stuff packed in that big U-Haul. They got all the kids. They got the dogs and the cats, and they got everything. You're like, man, what, what are you doing? I didn't know that you were moving. And they were like, yeah, yeah, I'm moving. And, and you said, where are you moving to? And your friend said, well, I don't know. God just told me to leave my job and leave my house. And you know, even though I got all my family here, I'm leaving, I'm leaving all them too. God just told me to leave. You're like, well, where, where are you going? Like, I don't know. I'm just rolling out on I-10. We heading west. You'd be like, man, you're, you're crazy. What in the world are you doing? And so that, that's kind of how this thing with Abram starts off. And, 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 and until Genesis chapter 15, it's kind of been a rough ride. And I'm not going to walk you all through it, but man, he's had some stuff. So right after he leaves, he goes into Egypt. Egypt's in a famine. So now he doesn't have anything to eat. He doesn't have anything uh, to drink. You know what I'm saying? He, he's got no food. He's got no water. His pet's heads are falling off. I'm sorry, that was dumb and dumber. I, it. But he's in, in, in Egypt, and then he has this thing where he lies about his wife, Sarah. He doesn't tell the king of Egypt that, that, that Sarah is his wife, so the king of Egypt, like, 
like take Sarah. It's like, you know, one of those taken movies, but Abram didn't say, I have a particular set of skills. Abram was just like, look, you, like Liam Neeson, Abram's like, yeah, just go on, just take her so you don't kill me. And then God comes through and rescues Sarah. But how many of you know, can you imagine after that scene when Abram lets his wife be taken like that and God kind of delivers her and all that kind of stuff? How many of you know that would cause a little marital tension there, right there? Come on, where's the ladies in the house? You know, a little marital tension going on. And then Lot freaks out and Lot tries to start going crazy over in Sodom and then a war breaks out. And now Abram has to rescue Lot. Now there's all these kings mad at him and still he, he hasn't seen the land and still he's got no descendants. And so after these things, God's gonna have this encounter with Abram. And what we're gonna see in here is like Abram's in a place, now watch, because of the disappointment, because of the pain, because of the things that are going on in his life at this moment, he's at a place where he's starting to lose hope. Hope is waning. And you might be in a place today because of what's happened in your life this past year, the past five years, or even this past month. I mean, may, maybe there's, 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 you've got a bad report from the doctor. Maybe there's an addiction going on that you, know, you thought you were free of from, and that thing has come back. Maybe something has happened in your marriage or relationships. Maybe something you've experienced loss or pain or trauma. There's something in your past that you just can't seem to get free of. But whatever that thing is, you're, you're in a place today. And like Abram, hope is waning. And maybe you've even lost hope where you're not really sure if your life can get any better. So God comes and visits Abram. It says, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Here's what God says. Look, do not be afraid, Abram. You know why God tells Abram to not be afraid? Because he was afraid. This is the first time God says, fear not in the Bible. We saw it right there when Jesus rose from the dead. The angels said, fear not. This is the first time God, you know why God tells, and, and, and it's so many times out the scripture, you know why God tells us to fear not? Because God knows there's gonna be seasons in our life where the pain and the disappointment and the discouragement and hope's gonna start to wane and we're gonna start to be fearful. Listen, I've got a word for some of you today. Listen, fear not. Fear not. You don't need to be afraid because when God is for you, who can be against you? I love this. Look, God says this. Do not be afraid, Abram. Look, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So God steps in. Abram, do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. Look at Abram's response. Well, what you gonna give me then? You know, he doesn't like bow to God. Oh, my exceeding great reward. No, Abram says, Lord God, what will you give me? How I many you know, Abram's having a moment here. He's having a meltdown. Where's the blessing? Where's the great nation? Where's this better life? I've been coming to church. Where's this peace? Where's this joy? I've started to tithe. Where's this financial breakthrough? Where's this abundant life that Jesus talked about? I mean, it's like things are getting worse. Trials are getting worse. Come on, am I talking to anybody? You're kind of 
You're wondering, God, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to believe you. And there's all these promises of a better day. But in my, what's in my circumstances is getting worse. Abram says, what? Help. Look, what are you going to give me? Seeing I go childless. Remember, God, what you spoke to me, the great nation, the blessing, the descendants. I don't even have one child. One biological child. See, and I go childless, and look, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. That was his kind of head servant there. Go on, look. Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring, and need one born of me. He's just saying, you hadn't done it, God. Like, this is where you see he's kind of lost hope. You didn't give me a child, God. He's almost 80 years old here. And then, God, I'm almost 80. Things ain't working like they used to work. Come on. Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying. They didn't have none of that stuff back in the day. When it stopped, it stopped. That's all I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and says, when it stopped, it stopped. No, 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 no. That would go on record for the most awkward touch your neighbor ever. All right. Look. Mm. Okay, go on. So, so all, all I have is these servants. So all, everyone in my house is just my servant. Mm, I love this. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. So God's now arguing. Watch. He's trying to pull Abram out. He's trying to begin to communicate. Abram, all of these things that you've been going through, there's a purpose in those things. See, we need to remember that we don't just walk by faith, but the Bible says that we're to fight the good fight of faith. So watch, watch, watch. See, sometimes your faith needs a fight. Sometimes your faith needs a fight because nothing can grow naturally or spiritually without resistance. What happens when you work out? When you work out, how many of y'all work out? Work out? That's all? <laughs> kind of out of shape crowd is this? <laughs> but how do your muscles grow? What are you doing when you're, when you're lifting? What you're giving them resistance. See, if you don't have any resistance to your faith, your faith can't grow. And as your faith grows, the potential for God's blessing grows in your life. Touch someone around you say, your faith needs a fight. Your faith needs a fight. Your faith needs a fight. And God's about to communicate all these things, Abram, that you thought were bad. I've been them for good. There was a purpose in these things here. Look, and God says, look, he says, no, your servants are not gonna be your heirs. This one shall not be your heir. But look, one will come from your own body will be your heir. 15.5, look. Then he brought him outside. He brought him outside. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. You see, sometimes God has to bring us out and show us a picture. Show us a picture of what our lives can be like. And Abram is in a place here 
And he needs a picture. He needs a visual. He, he, he needs a, a vision. He needs a picture of what God has in store for him. So God has to literally take him outside and show him a picture of a preferred future. What he has in store for Abram. He says, Abram, if you can count these stars, that's how, Abram, I wanna give you a visual, but watch. But for you to see the visual, I need to, I need to take you outside. Because watch, you've been inside, you've been inside this tent. You've been inside your own mind for too long. You've been inside your pain, inside your disappointment, inside your discouragement. Life is stacked on discouragement and pain and disappointment. You've seen enough things not worked out like you wanted them. Abram, I know that you're in a place right now where where you are in life, this is not the life that you had in mind. Don't raise your hands, but I bet you there are some people in here that where you are right now in life, it's not the life that you had in mind. But you know what I've learned? Sometimes it's in our minds where the problem is. If this is not the life that you had in mind, I'm telling you what God wants to do. He wants to take you outside. He wants to give you a picture of a preferred future. See, here's what, I like. we kind of use it as a bad, we say, man, that person's out of his mind. You know what, some of us need to get out of our minds because it's inside our minds where we're all messed up. Oh, come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Here we got, you know what? You know what God's saying to Abram? God, Abram, what are you doing? What are you thinking like this for? You're all down. You're all discouraged. You, you, you've allowed all these setbacks and everything to, 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 to bog you down. Don't you understand that what you thought was a setback is just a setup? I need to get you out of yourself. I need to get you out of your mind. I need to take you outside, and I need to show you a picture, a visual, to get your mind on the right thing. You know, there's trillions and trillions of stars. Trillions of stars. You know that scientists have made a correlation that they say that it looks like that there's about as many stars as there are individual grains of sand on beaches of every beach in the world. Do we serve a big God or what? Watch this. Scientists are just figuring out this correlation. A few chapters later in Genesis 22, God tells Abram, he promises Abram again. He says, hey, you know what? Your descendants are gonna be like the grains of the sand. Come on, what scientists are just figuring out, God knew 4,000 years ago. Now, now Abram didn't know that because the naked eye, scientists tell us to the naked eye, when you look up in the sky, you can only see about 1,200 stars. In other words, if you literally went out tonight and it was a clear sky and you started to count the stars, you, stars, you could count about 1,200 of them. Oh my goodness, did God make true on that promise? 
Imagine Abram's offspring, the nation of Israel, millions and millions and millions and millions of Jews, and then his spiritual children, us. We call him Father Abraham. Millions and millions and millions and millions of believers in Jesus. That's why Abram was looking, wow, I'm gonna have a couple thousand descendants. God, this is gonna be great. Oh, God was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. See, watch, 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 watch. God can do, Ephesians 3.20, he can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we what? Ask or what? Think. But you have to think it. Touch somebody and say, take it outside. You gotta take it outside. You gotta take it outside. Why? You're the thinking where your mind has been bogged down in your discouragement. That there's your finances, your marriage, or things are going. You start getting in your mind. God's like, look, I, I've gotta, I've gotta, I've gotta, I've gotta take you outside. I need you to get your mind on a visual, a picture of the preferred future that I have for you. And watch. Once you choose that picture over the picture that you have that's full of doubt and discouragement, it's not gonna work. I need you to choose that picture because without faith, it's impossible to please God. God doesn't just respond to need, he responds to faith. You following me? That's why that next scripture, when he believed the Lord, how huge that is. I'm asking you, regardless of your bad news, regardless of the bad picture that you have right now of your life, will you believe God's picture for you, that he wants a new life for you in Jesus? You know why so many followers of Jesus can't get a breakthrough? Watch this, watch this. They want the blessings of God. They want the picture that God has for their life. But you know what? They believe their own picture. They believe their own circumstances. In other words, it's like they've got this vision, but they don't believe that they, they want that. Sounds good in church. Hmm. But they believe this vision in their circumstances and what the, the surrounding situations. See, when you believe God's picture, that picture will pull you out of your picture. Don't bring your life down to your circumstances. No, bring your circumstances up to the picture that God has for you. And here's why, watch, watch. You know why so many people, why so many believers, they, they don't get breakthroughs, watch. They have two visions. They're believing one, their own, the doubt, the unbelief. They're believing that one. They want this and watch, it's two visions. You know where division comes from? Division. Die two, vision. Two pictures. Division. A double-minded man, a man with two visions. He's unstable in all of his ways. Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. Abram right here is in a place in his life. He's lost God's picture. And now he's starting to believe his own human vision of limitation. And, and his life's starting to be divided where he can't stand. So you know what God says? We're going to take it outside. We're going to take it outside. Listen, some of you, you've been battling addictions that seem so bad. God's like, I'm going to take you outside. We got to get out of that. I'm telling you, you can be free. Well, I got free last year and I fell back into it. Well, you know what? We're going to get free again. How many, chance, how many chances do you need? 
You know how many chances I'm gonna get, get, give you if you can count the stars in the heavens? That's how many chances I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna give you. Well, my marriage, I just don't see how. Let me bring you outside. Let me, let, let, let me show you a picture that I am the God that redeems. I am the God where all things are possible. I am the God that says, I am for you. I am a God that wants to heal your marriage. Well, man, I've been fighting this thing. I've got this, this emotional thing or this physical thing or this mental thing. Let, you, we, we going outside. You get crazy inside. We're going outside. Let me show you a picture that by your stripes, I am healed, Jesus. Let me, let me show you a picture of love and joy and peace. You gotta take it outside. You know what God was showing Abram? Hope. The visual, the picture is hope. Let me show this to you. Real quick, look, go, go, to, go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Remember we read this? Look, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Look, to give you what? A future and a hope. You know what that word future in the Hebrew is? A, 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 a better picture. See, to have hope, you've gotta have the right picture. Let me give you the definition of biblical hope. A picture of a preferred future that does not change or waver with the different seasons and circumstances of life. I'm telling you, you are an overcomer, whether you like it or not. You have the power of God on the inside of you, whether you like it or not. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, whether you like it or not. I'm telling you, you can be blessed and have joy and peace and abundant life and all that, whether you like it or not. And I'm here to tell you today that what God says stands. He does not waver, nor does he change. His promise stands over your life. Oh, come on. Look. Now turn somebody around you and say, get your hope back. Get your hope back. Get your hope back. No one's leaving today without hope. Ushers have already locked the doors. <laughs> the only people that can get through those doors are if you got a crying baby. Ding, ding, ding. All right, so anyway. <laughs> Let's go. Watch this. Look at this. Everybody say hope. Look at this. Now may the God of hope. I love this. Aren't you glad we serve a God of hope? You can always have hope. May the God of hope, look, fill you with what? All joy and peace. Watch. In believing. It doesn't say may, God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in receiving. But when you have hope, you can have joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances because you're believing. He believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Are you following me? Look. That you may, look, abound in hope. God just doesn't want you to have hope. He just doesn't want you to, man, he wants you to abound in hope. Abound in hope. Look, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what we're talking about the next three weeks. The next three weeks, we're talking about the Holy Spirit because if you don't understand your relationship with the Holy Spirit and how God has called us to a supernatural life, you can't abound in hope because of the abounding in hope is connected to receiving and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch this, watch this. So look. Look. 
Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us, watch this, the hope that God gives you, it will never disappoint you. People might disappoint you. Churches might disappoint you. Your job might disappoint you. Life is surely gonna disappoint you. Can I tell you this? God will never disappoint you. His promises over your life do not change. Do not change. So what? here's what hope is. Let me, let me give you some definitions around hope. Biblical hope, okay? It's not like human hope. You know, like human hope, we use that word kind of like wish. Like, you know, we, we hope the Jags win. Huh, that ain't working out. All right, so. Look, we got a lot of Jags that attend the church. They, I'm a diehard fan. We're going we gonna to start winning. We will have our revenge in this life or the next. The Jags will win. All right. But watch. Hoping the Jags win is not the hope I'm talking about. See, that's a human hope. That's based on natural circumstances and the strength of man and different things like that. This is a God hope. So watch this. Hope is the picture of a preferred future based on the promises of God and word of God so that it never changes despite any season, mood, or circumstances that you are in. I'm telling you, when you receive Jesus, you are saved. All of your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. There is no condemnation over your life. You know what? That promise stands forever and ever and ever. There is nothing that can take that away. Aren't you glad that we serve a God? So what? So what? So it, 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 think of it this way. Hope is the bridge from your current circumstance to a better day. Hope is the bridge from your current circumstance to a better day. When people watch, when they lose hope, it's like standing across a vast gulf. The other side, there's no way to get to it. Can I tell you this? That there, God, there's always a bridge. There's always hope in God to get you from where you are to where you want to be, the blessed life that God has for you. Look at this. Let's keep, keep going, keep going. Look, now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. See how faith and hope are connected? And the assurance about we do not see yet, even though you don't see it yet, you know it's there because it's based on God. Now, watch this. Look, Abraham, who... Contrary to hope, in hope believed. Now we're getting back to Abraham. So what, what happened? Contrary to hope, in hope believed. Does that contradict each other? No, here's what Abraham chose, watch. He, there were two visions. There was human hope, my circumstances, my difficulties. That's what the human element said. You know what? Even though that's what his circumstances spoke to him or what you could call what human hope is based on, even those, those circumstances, he went contrary to that and he hoped in God and looked so that he received the blessing. He became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Let me tell you this about hope. Watch this. Watch. Hope is the energy for your faith. It's the energy for your faith. We talk about walking in faith, but you can't walk in faith if you don't live in hope. Faith and hope are connected. We say we want to walk in faith. Well, you can't walk in faith if you don't live in hope. It's all about hope. When God grabbed Abraham, he's like, look, enough of this. Enough of living according to your circumstances. Life, listen, life is going to be unfair. You're going to get dealt a bad hand. 
But I want to tell you this, what? You're going to have pain. You're going to have trials. Things aren't going to work out. But here's what I'll tell you. If you keep your trust in God, if you keep hope in God, you know what? God will work all things. Everybody say all things. He will work all things, all things for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. There's always hope. Let me fast forward 2,000 years from Abraham. Watch this. You can take that down. Let me fast forward 2,000 years from Abraham. Our Lord and Savior Jesus was hanging on a cross. You know what? The disciples, they were confused. Inside their minds, they were like, oh man, this is bad. This is a bad picture. Jesus is, they're, they're killing our Lord. This isn't how we kind of planned it to work out. He's not saving himself. He's, he's being killed. He's being crucified. The disciples scattered. In fact, they even went to a house. They, they went inside. They started, they were confused. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to make sense of, of, of their lives at that point. Maybe there's someone in here. You, you can't even make sense of your life right now. So much is pressing down on you. And the pictures that you look at, they're not a good picture. Jesus dying on that cross, to them at that moment, it wasn't a good picture, and he died. They took him down. They put him in a tomb. They put him inside that tomb. And the devil wanted him to stay inside. They rolled that stone over the tomb. Jesus was inside the tomb. He had died. But death couldn't hold him. Mm. See, natural hope seemed lost. But oh, there was another kind of hope the devil wanted him to stay inside but the devil couldn't hold him death wanted him to stay inside that tomb but death couldn't hold him sin wanted him to stay inside that tomb but sin couldn't hold him because he had no sin he was the spotless lamb of God and then as we read there in Matthew chapter 28 on the third day what we're celebrating today Father God sent an angel and looked down from heaven and said, roll away that stone. He spoke to his son. Let's take it outside. Let's take it outside, son. Let's take it outside, Jesus. Take it outside. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, you know what he said? Hope is here to stay. There's hope for the world. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.